0: Champion, real last checks mechanism. All right, Shaquille y- O'Neal y- for Rad. This y- is y- not your normal y- PSA. Don't be y- stupid. Y- Don't drink and drive. If you're going to go out and have a good time, it's fine. But designate a driver to drive home. Let's stop the madness. Don't drink and drive. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council.
1: Live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Deal. Welcome to By the Lakes. My name is Bilal Malik and this is my co host Trenton Sito. How are you, Trenton?
0: Doing absolutely fantastic, Bilal. We have some crazy, crazy news that we're about to get to that just broke what less than an hour before the show started, which is
1: pretty pretty quick turnaround.
0: So um Yeah, how are you doing, Bilal?
1: I'm doing pretty well. I mean, it's our second live show. Like you said, we got some breaking news that we got to get into and that's the it's the beauty of doing the show live now. It's just that you, it keeps you on your toes at any moment. so um let's let's just get into it. We got a lot to cover so
0: all right, well, as usual, we're gonna start off our show with some pretty wacky and wild things that happened this week. Number one, you can scout the offense, you can scout the defense, you can scout the special teams. but always remember you gotta scout out the mascot too and that's exactly what Russell Wilson did. Uh, putting the 49ers mascot, Sourdough Sam, in the scouting report. And DK Metcalf was the first to look at it and go, "Uh, Russ, there's something a little weird with this scouting report. Um, Also, we had some pretty crazy overtime upsets. Uh, The Jets have won their first game. Really? Yes, as a result of some minor (laughs) miracles against the Titans. And uh, the Giants were able to upset... The Saints in overtime on the back of some crazy Saquon Barkley plays. Nice to see him back in the league. And uh, finally, the Lions and the Texans decided to hold a competition this past week to see who could self-inflict the most damage in their respective games. And uh, it was the Texans who won that competition by far with five turnovers.
1: I mean, what do you expect from those type of teams, though? Yeah, just looking at just looking at this list you just ran down quickly, Trenton. Um, the Giants upsetting the Saints was something I did not see coming, uh, especially because it's the first game in New Orleans of the season, and that uh, because of the hurricane that came by um, earlier of this month and or last month and all the damage it caused New Orleans. You would have thought New Orleans would have the momentum to take over and win the game, but. It's uh it's a nice win for the Giants though, nonetheless.
0: Yeah, that's that's for sure. But uh you know, now we now we get to that part of the season where we're looking at some of these bad teams and we're like, Well, when are they gonna get their next win? You know, is this a trend that's going on now, they're gonna start racking up wins or is this just the the usual flukes in the early season?
1: Yeah, after after you watch uh four games. Cause we just watched, it's hard to believe Not am We're entering week five now, but after you watch four games, you start to get a sense of who these teams are and uh, where they can go, which things can change uh, in an instant in the NFL. Still on uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, went, what was it? 11 and no last year. And then they, they turned out to lose <laughs> most of their last games of the season. And they they showed that they weren't the best team as everyone thought. So, uh, uh, We shall see who they are. And speaking of figuring out who a person is... Um, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I really don't want to be talking about this, man, but who, I don't think we have another choice because of just how prevalent the situation is. Um, first of all, as if Jacksonville did not have any issues, already have any issues on its, on its own, uh, they now have one with their head coach, Urban Meyer.
0: Yes, or uh, as I like to call him now, the Johnny Manziel, the coach version.
1: Why? Because Manziel played in Cleveland, which was in Ohio, and Urban Meyer's issues apparently have risen in (laughs) Ohio. (laughs) No, but that's
0: uh, that's a pretty good segue. But uh, Urban Meyer was allegedly spending time with his grandchildren, but uh, in the videos and pictures that surfaced, post game, they did not exactly look like grandchildren to me
1: no um no <laughs> just just no just you want to no. set the situation for us?
0: yeah, so um dive into the details of for sure um so afterwards, urban meyer or after after the game, Urban Meyer did not fly back with his team. First of
1: all, full stop, when does a head coach not fly back with his team?
0: That's a very rare occurrence.
1: Like, he said that he got clearance from the GM way far in advance, but that's got to be a red flag right there when a coach doesn't fly back. And it's, again, you're the Jaguars here. They've lost 19 straight games dating back to last season. It's not the time to be vacationing or partying or... I don't know. Continue.
0: Yeah, he was... Uh, he was photographed and videoed in some rather unsavory situations that a a head coach for a winless team probably should not be seen in. Um, especially after saying that he stayed in Ohio to visit his grandchildren, which... Maybe he did visit his grandchildren for part of it, and then visited not for the moment that everyone yeah. else is talking about. Though he, he visited somebody else for uh, some other moments, but yeah. it, that's it's I mean, it's not good for not anyone a good who life.
1: doesn't have the context. He was in a he was in a bar with uh, someone who was not his wife, and he is a married man. And honestly, those pictures and videos got out. And especially after losing a game like the way they did in overtime, you would think a head coach would be more focused. And now he's trying to regain the trust of his locker room. And a lot of reports are like that he didn't have much footing to stand on to begin with. And now it's even more of a shaky, shaky ground. And ownership is upset with him. Players are upset with him.
0: He he canceled the, the team meetings on Monday because, well, the players said that he didn't want to address them.
1: Yeah, they said that he broke out and decided to talk in small position groups, but he apparently has not addressed the entire team as a whole. And he says he doesn't want to be a distraction anymore, but all this is making it even worse and uh, he said that he needs to regain the trust of the players and i don't know how you go back from this thing how um how early is is it to fire a head coach that you just hired uh honestly right now i can't
0: think of any head coach that has been fired mid rookie season it just
1: Not even mid, like four weeks in.
0: Yeah. It's um, not
1: like the performance of the Jaguars has been good on the field either to like compensate if that's even possible.
0: I mean I at the moment I can't even think of a head coach that was fired after their rookie season. I mean it's just usually
1: Freddie Kitchens. Oh Browns. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's true. That's true. I had forgotten all about that. I was like, Oh, the Browns are (laughs) successful now. We can forget about uh everything else has happened to them. Yeah. Although I'm sure uh, Browns fans might not be able to. I can understand. All right. Understand. Enough
1: about Urban Meyer. He, <laughs> we've dedicated too much time to him. Um speaking about uh quarterbacks and there's no doubt in our mind that we know that one day Ben Roethlisberger will be the hall, in the Hall of Fame. And but right now the Steelers are having issues. At that position.
0: Yeah, Big Ben is not the same as he used to be.
1: (laughs) No. um, I mean, when you've been playing since 2004, going through as much pain as he's gone through, I had the success and the downfalls of his career. It it goes along with it. But right now, Mike Tomlin is saying that uh, Ben Roethlisberger is still the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers and he still has the confidence. And at this point I don't blame him because who else do they have? Um, like they got Mason Rudolph. But yeah. I'm not putting him in. I
0: mean they have they have people that have had starter experience or just playing experience in the NFL, but at the moment do you do you really trust the offense? To anybody other than Ben Roethlisberger
1: no I don't and because and he's also shown that he can handle these situations and if you're trying to win games honestly man it's the he's the one who gives you the best opportunity I mean they've only won one game but it's it's still Pittsburgh so Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season in his whole coaching career now, does this year turn out to be the year he has a losing record? Because there is also a 17th game, so there's no such thing as a tie anymore. So it's, uh, it's we shall definitely see. possible. Yeah. It is, but um I don't I don't fault Mike Tomlin for deciding to go with um go with Rotzberger. He's the guy with the experience, he's the guy who knows what to do. He, he's the best choice that they have at the moment.
0: Yeah, and hopefully he can uh, add some electric plays to that offense that's uh, sorely needing some more production. Speaking of electric offense, Kansas City Chiefs have added Josh Gordon to the active roster, and uh, that means he's likely to play against the Buffalo Bills. I think it should Sunday.
1: be illegal to have this many playmakers on a team like that. <laughs> Just saying.
0: Yeah, it's like... Everybody they have is a deep threat, even their tight end. It's uh it's kinda of crazy, but uh Josh Gordon he hasn't played in the NFL since twenty nineteen and he's uh trying to work his way back again. It's it's been rough for him. We've talked a lot about his career and his attempted career comebacks and in previous shows, but I mean here's... Here he goes again, and
1: you know, wishing him the best success. Same, I mean, he's a good player. He's just had a few off the field issues that have just limited that potential. And he, but again, he keeps getting a second chance, so we shall see where that takes him. Yep. So Trent, the other day, I was um, walking in like the market, supermarket. Going through like a candy section.
0: Ooh, candy section. And I
1: love candy. I love. I have a. I, absolutely love candy. I have a sweet tooth that, is uncontrollable. But I saw a packet of Skittles. Ooh. And I couldn't resist, and I bought a packet of Skittles, and I started eating it, and probably ate half of it, more than half of it, in that day. Who do you think of when you think of Skittles? In the NFL. Could
0: it be Beast Mode himself? I...
1: Yes, yes. Marshawn <laughs> Lynch, the Beast Mode. So Marshawn Lynch is back in the NFL, Trenton, but not as a player. Oh. He has been named the first ever NFLPA chief brand ambassador.
0: He, he definitely brings his own brand. Oh, yeah, I mean...
1: <laughs> There was the other day during the games, you see him in Uber Eats commercials and things of that nature. But he, in his new role, he's going to be working with retired and current players to provide strategic support and insight for many athlete-driven programs, resources, revenue growth, opportunities, and revenue growth opportunities available to players. He's just trying to help people. Pass down the knowledge that he's learned over time and just try to make better decisions for them and their life. And there's this one line here, Trenton, I want you to uh, listen to, that he's saying in his statement here. He said, I want to put them in positions to be successful in every facet of their lives, from building businesses based on their passions to, of course, taking care of their mentals and stacking their chicken. That's a classic Marshawn line.
0: Yeah, if uh if that doesn't describe what he's all about, then then nothing does. I remember him doing a press conference similar at I think some that was his before. last
1: press conference as a player when he played um for the Seahawks in that I think playoff game.
0: Yeah, 2 years ago. He was yeah, know, he just told players to take care of themselves cuz they they have lives after football. Exactly. They need to make sure that they can live their lives after football and that's
1: that's so true. That's so important. Um, last point I'll make on this is that you know the NFL films uh, records players, <coughs> excuse me, records players on the sideline with like the mic'd up and and things talking to each other. And there, I think there was a moment where Richard Sherman back on the Seahawks was uh, offering him to like celebrate Thanksgiving together, and he's like, uh, "Thank you for the offer, but I got to go back to like." my hometown. I believe he's from Oakland. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I believe he's from Oakland. And he said, I got to go back to my hometown. I'll be handing out tur- uh, turkeys for Thanksgiving. So like, I mean, he's a very involved individual in his community. He doesn't come across as a very like outspoken and loud person. He's very reserved and that's perfectly fine. That's his style of leadership. But, uh, Good for him to be taking on this new role with the NFLPA.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's definitely a good opportunity for him, and I think it's gonna be very valuable to to all the other players. Exactly. All right. Uh moving on to our next bit of news. Uh this is something that kind of blew the minds of a lot of people, but on Monday night, the Chargers game was delayed by lightning.
1: <laughs> now <clears throat> now, trying. If you had five billion dollars, you're gonna you're gonna build like the world's nicest stadium, right? Right. But are you gonna not um, take into account lightning and rain? How does that how does that happen? You you built an indoor stadium. How does an NFL stadium get rain delayed?
0: Yeah. Well, they they said that it would be dangerous to people because the stadium had a roof over it but it was basically open on the sides and it was like all right that's that's a very inter- interesting design
1: um yeah because there are openings in the upper deck that allow like air into the stadium which i don't i you spend 5 billion dollars i know it's a design thing and it doesn't rain in Los Angeles that much, like, ever. And lightning is even more rare. People are saying that earthquakes are more common than thunderstorms. So I it probably didn't factor into the d- designing and engineering process of that stadium, which is still a nice stadium. But it's the first time I've ever heard of a stadium with a roof over it having to do with lightning. But
0: uh, Yeah, well, I guess... uh. You plan to be an engineer below?
1: No way.
0: <laughs> Me neither. Well, uh, I guess we'll uh we'll save that for any engineers that are out there listening. Maybe they it.
1: can design a stadium that looks as nice but just seals up the edges, kind of.
0: Yeah. The uh the Chicago Bears might be interested. A few years, maybe.
1: <laughs> That's one thing I'm thinking about though, with the Bears Stadium. One of the now we're getting off track here, which I'll get back on in a second. But just like building a stadium with a roof in, in Chicago just doesn't seem right.
0: Yeah, it's the the Midwest weather. and
1: You need that home field advantage. Type. We don't want Aaron Rodgers coming in, in the middle of December thinking it's like a September game with his uh, and just launching the ball around. We need like that wind, that snow, that I don't know. But that's a ways away and if we talk about that now we'll get off track. So let's uh <laughs> there is only one team left in the NFL Trenton that has not lost a game. And would you like to guess which team this is? Uh I
0: believe it is the very dynamic
1: Baby Yoda. I mean Kyler Murray. Oh, I was gonna give you three guesses to guess, but you got it in the first try. <laughs> you are correct. The Arizona Cardinals are the only undefeated team in the NFL with a perfect record of 4-0. And who would have thought 4 weeks ago that we would have been sitting here thinking that the Arizona Cardinals were undefeated?
0: Yeah, it's uh it's been kind of crazy. I mean, they went from a team that you're like, "All right, they're they're pretty good" to "All right, now they're uh now they're basically on top," which is absolutely wild.
1: I mean, this is a team that barely missed the playoffs last year, too. So we know the potential was there. And you look at the statistical categories of where uh, this team ranks. They are the first in overall offense, 15th in defense, third in passing, sixth in rushing. So the yardage and the stats all seem to back up the notion that this should be an undefeated team, and that's where they are. And the opponents that they played so far is that they beat the Titans in Week One, thirty-eight to thirteen, the Vikings in Week Two, thirty-four to thirty-three, that was a close one, and the Jaguars in in Week Three, thirty-one nineteen, and this week they beat the Rams, thirty-seven to twenty, which was honestly a shocker compared to the way the Rams have been playing, um, so far this year.
0: Yeah, it's um. I mean, I love, I love what they're doing. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury was able to bring the air raid offense with Kyler Murray at the helm to the NFL. And, you know, it's an offense that people are like, eh, you know, aspects of it might work in the NFL, but, you know, it, might, it also might not. It might fail spectacularly. Um, and you've got Vance Joseph as the defensive coordinator, running this absolutely crazy, convoluted defensive scheme that's a combination of, like, Wade Phillips, um, Bill Belichick, and his own creation, and a little bit of Mike Zimmer, and it's just like, you know... He literally
1: (laughs) took pieces of everyone decided to see what works, (laughs) and now it it works.
0: You're right. Um, And, you know, now he's got the pieces on his defense that can...
1: And it took a moment for this to come together. It wasn't mm-hmm. like this right? all came together this year. It's been the works the past two, two three years. So, uh, good to see the success of the Cardinals so far. Um, but it's still early on in the season. But they're in a good spot. And they're in a very competitive division overall. So whoever comes out of that division as the winner will be uh, a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. And I have a good feeling that we'll get one at least one of the three wildcard spots coming out of that division as well so
0: yeah all right and uh we've got some interesting breaking news that originally broke and then there was breaking news on top of that breaking news so
1: change that up yeah
0: yeah so stefan gilmore who has not played this season yet because he's been on the physically unable to perform list uh for the Patriots, originally they were going to release him. But now it has been announced that the Carolina Panthers have said, we'll take him, and they are trading for him. And in exchange, the Patriots get a 2023 sixth-round pick.
1: Now you got to think about this, though. This man, Stefan Gilmore, used to be the defensive player of the year as of a couple years ago, and now he's being traded for a 2023 sixth round draft pick. I mean, the Panthers got to steal out of out of this uh, because he can't play right now. He's still on the physical unable to perform list. But when he does play, he'll be in a good position with a good team to uh, really create some damage.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the Panthers are doing pretty well this season with their new quarterback. Sam Darnold, but they did lose their first-round draft pick in J.C. Horn to what is probably a season-ending foot injury. So, I mean, now they're picking up another basically cornerback one in Stephon Gilmore. And, you know, they're hoping they can slot him in and make things work.
1: I got a question, though. Why would the Panthers want to make this trade. If he was going to end up on the open market anyway, why give up a draft pick?
0: I mean, maybe maybe they didn't want to pay him as much. Perhaps they can they can save some money if they they traded him rather than signing him entirely. I'm I'm not entirely sure on that either. But I mean, the reason why Gilmore is leaving the Patriots is because he wanted a big deal. And well,
1: Gilmore's current salary cap is $19.26 million. So how big do you want to go from there? Um, Yeah, I don't know. They'll, I mean, they'll
0: have to figure it out on, on their business end of things.
1: You were talking about this before the show, though. Um, Looking at players who leave the Patriots... And go join other teams, they tend to not perform as well as they did when they were on the Patriots. Probably with the exception of maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. Because, look at Brian Hoyer, leaves the Patriots, plays back. for like five other teams, and comes back to the Patriots. Leaves the Patriots, comes back to the Patriots. It's like, it's like he can only find success with the Patriots as their backup. So
0: All right. I mean, now we're looking also at, I think, Jamie Collins, who's, uh might be coming back after he spent some time with the Detroit Lions. So, I mean, you know, these players, some of them leave as superstars trying to get money elsewhere, and they just don't pan out for whatever reason, and they they come back, and Bill Belichick gets them for a cheap amount again. Exactly. I mean, it's it's good for Belichick, <laughs> that's for sure. All right, um, and another breaking news that just broke, not too long ago, I think it was right at the the top of the past hour.
1: About uh well, roughly yes, yeah, one p.m. the, the past hour,
0: and it is that Justin Fields has been named by Matt Nagy as quarterback one going forward. He said uh, he's earned the job, and even when uh, Andy, Andy Dalton, Alden. yes, Andy Dalton is fully healthy. And the man
1: misses two weeks. And you forget his name already? <laughs> well,
0: I was I was thinking of the last name that began with D, and the first thing that came to me was Sam Darnold, and I was like, no, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, Andy Dalton will be the backup quarterback to Justin Fields, even when he's healthy. And I mean, this is a. Uh, Well, I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts, so I'll let you start.
1: Well, we knew it was going to happen at some point. Um, And there's something that took place behind the scenes of the Bears organization that made Matt Nagy make this decision. Because you're looking at Monday, and he's saying that when Andy Dalton is healthy from his knee injury, he will be the quarterback. And we're all like, all right, um, most people were not happy. But, again, my perspective is... They had the plan in place. The plan was working to an extent before Dalton went out. And then when you had to throw fields into the games, um, the first game he played against the Bengals, he didn't play too well in the second half of that game, but we had a good enough lead with a good enough defense to preserve that win. Then the first game he starts against the Browns, he plays horrible. Horrible uh i don't know what other way to put it but then again the whole team also played atrociously in that game and then we go to the the third game he plays which is his second start against the lions and even though he does not throw any touchdowns he leads the team down the field on multiple occasions and uh, we built up a pretty good lead until the lions started chipping away at that but enough to win the game so In all likelihood, people have been saying, and I've been one of these people, that if you were to put uh, Justin Fields into the game as a permanent starting quarterback, the Lions' game was the time to do it, just because of by nature who the Lions are, and who they've always been, and that showed up last week as well. We'll talk about that in a minute, and but unfortunately, because of injury, it had to happen a week early, and against the really good Cleveland team, which we did not uh, stack up against. But there is a lot of development that still needs to happen with Justin Fields now as the starting quarterback. Um, There are still moments that I saw during this past game where he will take the ball and then kind of cut off half the field and not look in those directions. But then there were some really nice moments that have been missing from a – Chicago Bears quarterback for a very long time. There, the there was that deep route to Mooney towards the beginning of the game. Then there was one of those uh that play. I think I remember when it took place, but I think it was somewhere middle to the end of the game when he launches the Robinson on the end of on the sideline. And those were some really nice passes, and little kind of reminded me of Russell Wilson to an extent. In that moment, in those moments, right there, and I just think that if Justin Fields' development continues on progress and steady, and we have the components around him, which we are missing Montgomery, but I think Damian Williams is a good enough running back to fill that to fill that void. Um, if we surround Montgomery, no, if we, sorry, if we surround Fields with a good running game and a good defense, we can uh, continue to progress his development. And he will become the quarterback that uh, Bears fans have always hoped and dreamed he would become.
0: Yeah, that's uh, couldn't put it any better than that. That was that was fantastic. Um, let's uh, stick with a little bit more of the the Bears news here because Chicago was able to trade for a wide receiver slash kick returner slash punt returner, Jakeem Grant, from the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins get a 2023 6th round pick for this trade but in the bears they get a a returner that's incredibly dynamic um very small very quick he's not exactly your typical wide receiver i mean he can be a downfield threat i i'm pretty sure as the dolphins i remember they threw him one jump ball in in the end zone and he was like leaping up half of his height in order to get it. And I was like, huh. Jakeem Grant is not exactly the type of guy who you're trying to moss the cornerback with. But, I mean, uh, he's had some fumble issues. It's a little scary. But, I mean, if you can bring even just a little bit of what Devin Hester or Cordarrelle Patterson brought to the Bears, then, you know, I'm all for it.
1: I mean, look at what we traded to get him, though. We traded a twenty twenty three uh late round draft pick so it's like i think uh, sixth round 2023 draft pick not so it's not even 2022 we're trading draft pick from two years from now so it's like who knows where the world's going to be in two years from now so it was a probably a smart move to get him in and um adding that type of speed in the special teams game can, is a very important piece, because special teams can easily change the course of a whole game within a second. And having a speed like that, and we have speedsters already on our team. We have Mooney, who's fast, I think. Then we got Marquise Goodwin. Uh, And then we now have this guy. um, Hakeem uh, uh, Jakeem Grant. So... Just adding these speedsters to the team will help and he can probably contribute in some capacity in a limited role on offense if needed, just to be able to stretch the ball down the field.
0: Yeah, and I think also as important as that is that Khalil Herbert was previously the kick returner and he did do pretty well there, but with David Montgomery out for at least maybe three weeks, you're gonna need Khalil Herbert to take more snaps at running back, so they need somebody. It's so a very valid
1: point. Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, it it helps in that area as well. So, good good on the Bears for for being able to to find their new receiver slash punt returner slash kick returner. Yep. All right. So that does it for the headlines. we'll yeah.
1: Take it into uh Trenton's weekly injury report. <laughs>
0: Yes, uh, not too many big-name injuries this week. We have Dolphins wide receiver Will Fuller, who was now put on IR with a broken finger. We have David Montgomery, who had hyperextended his knee, and he'll be out for a few weeks, as we previously mentioned. Jimmy Garoppolo is expected to be sidelined with a calf strain, which means Trey Lance might get his first start in the NFL, which is... uh kind of crazy that now we might see all of these first round quarterbacks with uh some starting experience in their first season very early
1: it's and unfortunate though because garoppolo was playing well oh yeah
0: he was playing great
1: and the niners itself like it showed that people were already ready to put in trey lands like they were to put in justin fields i mean fields has now earned his opportunity to um Start for the Bears, but for the Niners, Garoppolo was playing well, and he was, in my opinion, still their best option at quarterback. So
0: yeah, um, and I mean, even if you put in that rookie quarterback, they're still going to have growing pains.
1: Like they're gonna they're gonna be significantly uh, regressing for the next week or so, depending on how long Garoppolo's out. Because that team was moving, mm-hmm. and now you put in a new piece, he's gonna take them back. Right. But
0: uh and. Yeah. uh Finally on the injury report is Teddy Bridgewater, who is still in the concussion protocol, which means the Broncos might have to roll with Drew Locke at quarterback if needed, which, I mean, it isn't too bad because Drew Locke does have a lot of starting experience. It's just not ideal starting
1: experience. No, and the Broncos started off well, though, to start the season. And now to just see them have this little setback, but... Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater did go through a quarterback competition during this offseason, so that's one uh, bright side on that is that they have, he has worked with people on the team before. He's not one of those backups who's never pl- played or practiced with a starting receiver, so uh, we'll just have to see how this works out and how everyone gels together. All right, moving along to the NFL.com power rankings for this week. We have, number one, a team that has jumped up 10 spots. Also known as the Arizona Cardinals, the only undefeated team in the NFL at 4-0. They uh, are number one. Previously, they were number 11. Tampa Bay stays steady at two. Buffalo moves up one spot to number three previously four green bay happily dropped one spot from number three to number four Uh, baltimore stayed at number five dallas moved up eight spots from number 14 to 16 los angeles chargers moved up three spots from number 10 to number seven and the kansas city chiefs dropped two spots from number six to number eight the los angeles rams dropped from number one all the way down to number nine. Total of eight spots. And the Cleveland Browns round out the top ten, dropping two spots from number eight to number ten. The top ten's changing a little bit, Trenton.
0: Yeah, they are. It's um it's gonna be like this, I think, for a few more weeks before it settles down. I I don't know. I I mean, I feel a little bit like the, the Cardinals all the way at number one. is a little bit of an overreaction, but at the same time, I mean, like you said, they are the only undefeated team right now, so I suppose it is logical that they are put up there at the number one spot. I just, I don't know if it's sustainable for the long term.
1: I mean, at the moment, these are weekly with power rankings, so we're not ranking these as the best team ever or the best team of the season, so... But right now they are the best team. 4-0. And they're playing with an number one ranked offense. So let's let's give them let's give them the first spot. I mean 10 spots is a big jump, but uh let's let's see how they fare there. Um looking at some other pieces here. The Miami Dolphins dropped five spots from twenty-six to from twenty-one to twenty-six. Uh, the New York Giants moved up six spots from thirty to twenty-four. Uh, at the bottom are who you would expect the Jacksonville Jaguars even though they keep losing games they move up spots in the power rankings which astonishes me they moved up 31 from 31 to 30 and the Detroit Lions dropped four spots from 27 to to 31 and Houston has made it to the bottom at number thirty-two, previously number twenty-eight. Trenton's favorite team, yeah, the Houston Texans. I
0: mean, Houston really had to struggle to get to that thirty-two spot. Um,
1: I mean, they just had to lose their game forty to zero. I know that's, and I mean, that's really hard to do. I mean, how do you not <laughs> score points in a game?
0: Yeah, it's uh, not
1: even a field goal.
0: It it did not help them at all.
1: It's, but at um, least uh, the MVP candidate uh, Davis Mills is right on point. <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. Davis Mills is not going to be the MVP.
0: Now, now we're gonna see uh, on on the uh, on the sports books. Davis Mills MVP <laughs>
1: MVP odds slowly. Just shows slowly how <laughs> valuable Teron Taylor was to the Texans.
0: Yeah, I mean. I
1: mean, he's a good quarterback. He is we just didn't recognize it because Justin Herbert comes in and replaces him last year and then everyone forgot about who Tarod Taylor was.
0: Yeah, and before that Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, yeah. So
1: um now when you put in a guy who's not ready like Davis Mills, mm-hmm. he um you begin to realize how how important Taron Taylor is.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh Bilal, where
0: are the Bears on this power ranking list?
1: Twenty nine,
0: yeah. And they didn't even last week. They didn't even move, which is crazy because they had a far, far better performance. I'm
1: predicting that if they win this game against the Raiders this week, we make a significant jump. Two weeks in a row, we can't be stuck in twenty nine. Or three weeks in a row, yeah. But um, hopefully, speaking our rankings, we're gonna be going down to uh, quarterbacks, Cardinals. Kyler Murray, number one, moved up eight spots. Dak Prescott, steady at two. Mahomes, up three to number three. Tom Brady, down three to number four. Justin Herbert, up two to number five. Lamar Jackson, up two to number six. Derek Carr, down four to number seven. Matthew Stafford, down four to number eight. And Russell Wilson, up two to number nine. And Aaron Rodgers has rounded out the top ten, dropping five spots to number ten,
0: yeah this is this is crazy. I never thought I'd see Kyler Murray at that number one spot and I didn't realize it before, but he's got a he's got a seventy six point one percent completion rate that's unheard of, and I mean that's that's like drew Brees numbers and this is Kyler Murray who I mean the
1: top three quarterbacks are in the seventy percentage it's
0: right um and you know, he's in an air raid offense. He's throwing, like, 50 passes a game, like 40 to 50, and the fact that he's hitting 76.1% of those is absolutely crazy to me. I
1: mean, he is in command of the number one offense, so.
0: Yeah, um, but, you know, I I find it interesting that a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, they've slowly fallen a little bit.
1: Well, you have these new people who just keep coming up. And these. It's not to say any of these quarterbacks are bad who are in this top 10. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. But, um. You gotta make way for these new people to come in. So the old guys will eventually, uh, take a step back unless you are, uh, Tom Brady, who ends up somehow at number one last week. So. But, um. Who's the. Who's the worst quarterback on this list?
0: Is it Davis Mills? Yeah. Uh I I figured. Who's the second worst?
1: Trevor Lawrence.
0: Oh, wow. He's
1: down one spot.
0: Down one spot. And then wow, Zach Wilson, one spot ahead of him. And Justin Fields, one spot ahead of Zach Wilson. Hey, All right.
1: Justin Fields moved up two spots though, so
0: Yeah, that's good. I mean, even though even though he only has zero passing touchdowns, two interceptions. But, I mean...
1: I think that'll that'll change. That'll... Those numbers will improve as he gets more playing time.
0: Right. And then, uh, we have our our top rookie so far, Mac Jones, staying steady at number 25.
1: Yes, sir. And, so, we gotta cover some games now. We are... All these headlines in the beginning, just kind of rushing our schedule to the end, but we have enough time. We'll take our time here, so Trenton, um, there was a big game Sunday night.
0: Sunday night football. What was that, Bilal? I
1: don't know. Um, just the return of Tom Brady to New England after playing there for 20 years.
0: Oh, I wasn't even aware that there was a game between the Bucks and the Patriots. I thought it was just a game where Bill Belichick and Tom Brady hug each other.
1: I mean, in all, in, uh, all fairness, I think that hug was kind of rushed because it I mean it was downpouring. And you're playing in the game for 3 hours, It's like let's just get out of the rain. They did meet, however, for almost 25 minutes after the after the game in the uh, in in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers locker room. So I think uh I think what anyone wants to say for that they can say, but uh anyway, game.
0: Yes. It was uh, I guess if you could describe any game really as a a chess match, the, this this could be it. I mean, it's a quarterback and a coach that both uh have known each other and played against each other in practice for
1: twenty years.
0: Yeah, so I guess it would it would it would make sense that they know each other's favorite habits and, and tendencies. So I mean, it was a low scoring game. Very. Buccaneers won nineteen to seventeen. Only because the Patriots missed, well, missed slash doinked their game. Doink.
1: Happened to be on NBC too, yeah. I mean, honestly. Something yeah. with those Al Michaels and Chris Collins were deciding to call games with their doink sounded. Uh.
0: Right. But I mean, what's interesting to me is that Mac Jones actually outperformed Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, Mac Jones went thirty-one for 40, 275 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Tom Brady went twenty-two of forty-three for two sixty-nine, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. So, I mean, I guess you could say it makes sense. It was a
1: it was a slow start, and things started picking off, and they kind of just tapered off again. So it's like, I mean, the Patriots, as you mentioned, they had a chance to win the game at the end, but they just doinked it, and. Because of that, the Buccaneers held on. It just felt like they are going back and forth. And just whoever could get the right rhythm going at the right time, that team was going to win the game. So and, and
0: whoever had the right running game because... Yeah, because the rain. Yeah, I mean, the Buccaneers were riding on the back of Leonard Fournette with 92 yards, Ronald Jones with 25 yards, Tom Brady with three yards, and the Patriots
1: And no... Uh, had like
0: had negative one net rushing yards. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so I mean, the running game really comes in health and uh, helpful when you're playing in a game with those conditions, uh, weather conditions. So, but it it was a the it lived up to the hype. I would say. I mean, we weren't expecting a shootout. We were expecting a drawn out three hour game, which was a. It was like a fist fight. It's mm-hmm. like it came out it was a it was a hard fought game in the rain and it was good to see uh Tom Brady back in New England. Yeah. And uh and the fans embraced him before the game started, obviously. And then booed him right
0: when it started.
1: <laughs> what else would you expect? It's not like they're they're not Brady isn't the team. The team is Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. So he has they have to they gotta cheer for their team as you'd expect for any any uh, fan. Yeah, so.
0: and one last note on that is that with this game, Tom Brady has now beaten every team in the NFL and can retire in peace eventually.
1: Well, uh, I don't think that retirement is happening anytime soon. So, um, but yes, now that he's beaten every team, only I think Peyton Manning... Drew Brees, and Brett Favre have done that in the past. So it's a good company to be in. Moving on to the Bears. The Lions came to Chicago this past week in Trenton. And how did this game turn out?
0: Well, it did not turn out well for the Bears. I mean, no, it did not turn out well for the Lions. I was about to say, Trenton. (laughs) A little, little, a little uh, confusion on our uh, teams here. No, the Lions did not have a good time, um, and it all started when Jared Goff did not expect the ball to be snapped to him, and uh, went right into the arms of one of the Bears. I believe who was it? Was it uh, was it Nichols? I believe. So. So, let's see. It was, yes, it was Bilal Nichols. Yay. Yay. Hooray for the Bilals.
1: Yay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the Bears defense in this game presented a bend but don't break mentality. The Lions somehow always found their way into the red zone and into the 10-yard line. But they only, like, cashed in on those opportunities, I believe, one out of five times. One out of the five times. And it's like the Lions, as you mentioned in the opening, they literally self-destructed, and the Bears just took advantage of those missed opportunities by the Lions, whether it be turnovers or field position. Or and that's that's what we needed to do to help uh, Justin Fields out in that game. We needed a good defense that was able to uh, get the stops when needed and get short fields for the rookie quarterback. So And he was able to uh, put on a pretty good show.
0: Yeah, and... And how about Bill Lazor's play calling that orchestrated two long touchdown drives to start the first quarter? Balanced
1: uh, rushing attack, balanced passing attack, mm -hmm. it all worked out. And I will say that Matt Nagy did not tell us that Bill Lazor was going to call the plays until the game was over, which... Fine, I don't care. As long as the team wins, I don't care what strategy and philosophy anyone tries to employ. But it does say one thing to give up something that we know Matt Nagy loves calling plays. That's the reason he got on the map with Mahomes and Alex Smith and all that stuff in Kansas City. But you got to recognize when it isn't working. And last year, it was the same situation. He gave up play calling. Gave it a Bill Laser, but I believe that was much later on in the season when we realized that things, when we were in that six-game losing streak. And this time he tried it again, gave it another shot, and it just didn't work out. And he gave it up to someone who was qualified enough to lead it. So it just say something about yourself that you were able to give up something that you love doing for the betterment of the team and the betterment of your quarterback. So I yeah. give credit where credit is due.
0: And, and Justin Fields gives credit where credit is due, as he did tell the press that Bill Lazor has a very calm and soothing voice when he's sitting up in the booth, which is,
1: I guess, it's is good well, for a quarterback. when you're sitting in a soundproof booth and you're surrounded by only your assistant coaches, there's only so much to focus on. When you're down on the sideline, there's all the chaos of the game and the people around you. And so whatever he needs to be successful. Give it to him.
0: Yep, that's, uh, that's a good point. You should.
1: And all we got to do now is just stack these wins. Like, <laughs> one at a time. Because just build, take the momentum from this week, move it on to next week, and let's just stack these wins and see where this team can progress. Because there are no excuses now. You got your quarterback, Chicago. Now the, now the city has to fall in line behind the team and the coach's philosophy because he's he listened to everything they had to say so far, and the good thing is we're only two and two, so it's not like we're zero and four like the Jaguars or the Lions, whose season is basically over by now. Oof, we're only two and two, and I think three and two is a very real possibility, and we we'll just have to see where we go from from there. All right, all right. Um, moving on to our final segment, the picks. Our picks. Yes, that is right. What happened last week below? Um so, um mm, I went ten and six, you went eleven and five. I have an overall record of thirty-eight and twenty-six, you have a record of forty-four and twenty. So you must really be enjoying the six game lead.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's a position that I do not find myself in often.
1: <laughs> that is true. But can, I don't find myself in this position often
0: yeah. either. But it can change at any time, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it
1: goes from here. All right, Rams at Seahawks.
0: Ooh, I am going to go with the Rams, even though they did not play well.
1: I am taking the Seahawks. Jets at Falcons. I'm going to go with the Falcons here. Falcons. Lions at Vikings.
0: Ooh, I'm going to take the Vikings.
1: I am taking... The Lions to win their first game. Wow. Partly shocked that I am saying that, but I am saying it. Saints at Washington. Jameis Winston for the win. Let's go, Saints. Let's go, Saints. Uh, Patriots at Texans.
0: Ooh, it's another revenge game. It's Tom. No, it's Bill Belichick and Jack Easterby. (laughs) I'm gonna take the Patriots here. I'm
1: taking the Patriots. Houston's a train wreck. Dolphins at Buccaneers. 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 Could it be more partly of like a home game for the Bucks? Because it's in Florida. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean at least two of the Florida teams are playing well. Um Packers at Bengals. Uh let's gonna go Packers. Packers. Broncos at Steelers.
0: I'm going to go Broncos here.
1: I pick the Steelers. Eagles at Panthers. 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 Titans, Jaguars. Uh, Let's go Titans here. The way you took way too long to answer that question <laughs> is very concerning. <laughs> I am taking the Titans. Browns at Chargers.
0: Ooh, I'm going to take the Chargers here.
1: Chargers, Bears at Raiders.
0: Taking the Bears.
1: Da Bears. 49ers at Cardinals. 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 Giants, Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys. Cowboys. Bills
0: at Chiefs. Okay, this is a tough one, but I'm going to go Chiefs here. I'm going Bills. All right. Colts at Ravens. I'm going to go Ravens. Going Colts. All right. So it seems like just in this in this one week you could possibly wipe out an entire six game streak or a six game uh lead that i have on well, you which is uh, let's just
1: hope it works out
0: yeah if if you do then perhaps uh next episode i will say blow you are a
1: genius <laughs> well thank you but let's not get ahead of ourselves <laughs> all right so another week another day of live shows um thank you all for listening to by the laces we'll be back next week with another episode if anyone has missed any part of this live recording of the show the episode will still be up in its podcast form as it has been for months we hope you have a great rest of your week don't forget to follow us at bill malik 15 and trenton underscore please stay safe and enjoy another week of football
0: davis mills
1: broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown chicago it's radio depaul sports the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demon.